This is Consensu, the podcast episode 507 for the week of October 29th, 2023. Well, hello and welcome back to Consensu, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Zenshu. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Well, do we have a special one for you this time here around on the podcast? Uh, hello, welcome. My name is Mike. You may see me around as Vegito EX. I am dragging something out of the archives. It's kind of been a recurring trend here lately on the show. Uh, most recently with the the in-progress Zenshu staff interviews. Uh, we, we kicked things off with Julian, which I had recorded years prior. <laughs> And then we did the next one. Uh, I think it's the last episode you heard here in the feed uh, with Heath on 506 recorded earlier this year. So at least within the same calendar year, this episode is another, uh, I guess you could call it long lost episode from five years ago. We recorded this episode in August, 2018. What you are about to hear is in fact the next installment of the Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness. Now, now I know you're saying Mike, the what now? Yeah, that's fair question. Fair question. The Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness was slash is an ongoing. Now remember, Konsenshu timetables, they exist on a period of years, if not decades, not necessarily weeks or months, an ongoing series in which we review uh, in batches of episodes the entirety of the Dragon Ball GT television series. This was a follow-up to the uh, legendary, if I may say so myself, manga review of Awesomeness, where we reviewed the entirety of the manga, uh, volume by volume, over a period of uh, a few years. Multiple different perspectives, those who have read, seen, not seen, languages, all that stuff. It's been a hot minute since the last time we did a GT review of episode. In fact, it was five years ago. Uh, This episode comes from five years ago. I was never quite happy with the quality of this episode. And I mean that not from the content perspective, but from the audio perspective. Uh, as you're going to hear, both Mary and I are a little sick <laughs> during this episode, and Jeff's microphone wasn't necessarily uh, as exact as I would like it to be. But in the time since then, uh, you know, we we have the technology, we can uh, do things with audio, and uh, I am incredibly happy with how it sounds now. And uh, just coincidentally, for no particular reason whatsoever uh, this week and in fact this particular day if you're listening to it on launch just seems like the the best time to release this episode so what you're going to hear is the next installment the gt review of awesomeness covering episodes 36 through 40 of dragon ball gt we have in fact finally completed the entirety of the first full story arc of the series completing the baby arc so without any further ado please enjoy the next installment of the gt review of awesomeness with myself mike returning as always mary and jeff we had a wonderful time chatting out these episodes it was a great conversation it was a meaty conversation i will join you on the flip side of the topic to wrap up the episode please enjoy here we go Welcome, everyone. We are back with our GT review of Awesomeness. We are doing episodes 36 
through 40, this time on the review, wrapping up the baby arc of Dragon Ball GT. As you all know, right now is August 2018, um, and so we've only just done the last few episodes of the GT review uh, last month, so I, I know it's fresh in everyone's heads, um, but I think maybe for our purposes, or maybe if you're just listening for the first time, we should probably do a little bit of recapping and, and reintroductions uh, around the horn. Uh, I remain Mike Vegito EX, uh, returning as always over there across from me. Hey, I'm Mary. I, I live here in this here house, surrounded by Dragon Ball goodies here in the basement. That's right. And uh, of course, uh, returning as always for the GT reviews and um, absolutely sitting in the exact same physical space as us right now, as always, of course. Uh, Jeff, how are you? Hello, I am Jeff. I am in the same physical space as everyone else right now. Yeah, there's no reason why you wouldn't need to be in the exact same physical space as us. Yes. That would be preposterous. Preposterous. And Lord knows why there's there's a little bit of different reverb on this microphone than other microphones. What a strange microphone, Mike. Very strange. Um, just so the the Dragon Ball GT review of awesomeness, I, maybe it's worth reiterating, uh, recapping what that is. Um, it's a continuation from Ye Olden Manga review of awesomeness here on the podcast, where we reviewed the entire series, volume by volume, uh, coming from different perspectives. We had those who had read it before, uh, those who had seen it but not read it, those who had not seen or read at all, uh, like Jeff in particular. Uh, different English versus Japanese perspectives. So for GT, Jeff returned as the total newbie, hadn't seen any of the series before at all. Um, at this point, I have seen the entirety of the series. It was bits and pieces, and now going back through, um, I'm pretty sure at this point I've seen uh, the rest of the episodes. Mary, you're still seeing portions for the first time, though. Correct. I think up to this point I have had seen it. It's seen Super 17, and I've not really seen the end of GT. Okay. And well, not not completely. I saw it in like bits and drabs. Jeff, don't pay attention to a word she just said. Um, we are, of course, watching in Japanese because this is a Japanese series. Um, you know me, you know Mary, but again, uh, even though you did just hear Jeff last month, he is fresh in your mind. Jeff, for folks who, again, may be joining us for the first time uh, or maybe first time in a long time, uh, who are you exactly? Um, I am a well, I guess in the context of what we're doing here, I am a relative newbie uh, to Dragon Ball stuff, even though I've read the entire manga now, and um, I'm pretty much going through all of GT, so can I really be called a newbie anymore? Um, but uh, hi, I'm like an internet person, I guess, and I sort of have an on-again, off-again music co- uh, podcast called Low Fidelity, which um, easiest place to find is YouTube. And that's with Mike. Yeah, as you know, of course, it is August 2018. So there's still lots of plenty of things to uh, listen to and have been recently recorded. You know, we're at an interesting time right now. Uh, We're between Infinity War and Endgame. I think that's a really interesting point in time to remember uh, where we are right now. Absolutely in time. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Mike, I'm, I'm so excited. I've got this cruise lined up in April of 2020. It's an Alaska cruise. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I cannot wait. So much fun. Oh, oh. God, it's going to be beautiful. We leave oh. out of Seattle. I cannot wait. Um, now that we're all excited, let's talk about GT. No, <laughs> that's not how I want to phrase it. Um, I do want to um, set the ground rules. Those of you who have listened before, you know these ground rules. Um, we are not going to cover anything post GT since we should have finished GT review by the time the Dragon Ball Super rolled around. So as you're listening to us discuss this, it's not that we forgot to say something or forgot to make a comparison. Uh, it's on purpose since I believe that these series can and should be examined in a bubble and that there is plenty of time to make 
make later uh, comparisons like that. Um, different place, different time. Uh, our review process is to run through the episodes, their synopses in their entirety, and then go into our individual comprehensive review points. Uh, along the way, at some point, we'll check in on Jeff's predictions from last time. I love doing this. At the end of every review podcast, Jeff, you make predictions for next time. And then the following episode, we both check in on your last ones and then we make new ones. Uh, so that's going to be really fun. I had a hell of a time both writing down and then just gasping at your predictions from last time you were on the show. Uh, so that's going to be the flow of the episode. We are doing Dragon Ball GT episodes 36 through 40. It's a big old five episodes wrapping up this arc. Let me hit you with uh, what happened in these episodes. So we start with episode 36 from February 5th, 1997. An invincible monster, the evil Ozaru, great ape, baby. So, Baby, uh, who is newly ape, as we of course remember, because we just watched uh, a couple episodes last month. You remember everything that's happening in this arc, you know. Uh, Baby is going on an indiscriminate rampage. Goku, uh, with a punch to the face, gets the fight going again. Um, knocks him down a hole and then talks with Pawn and Satan for a bit. Goku suggests teleporting Baby to the Kaioshin realm, since he has to bring him somewhere that has a key signature. They keep fighting, and Baby reveals he's been in control the whole time, since it's only Vegeta who technically transformed, even though last time Vegeta transformed into a great AP was in control. Anyway, but Baby is the real driver of this uh, ape vehicle here. Baby starts to get upset and keeps on firing again. Baby fires at Chi-Chi and Videl, but Goku saves them, and then Baby fires a Super Galico at Earth. We get the debut of the 10 times Kamehameha, and Goku apologizes for blowing Vegeta to bits. But he's fine, and prepares to fire another Galico. Goku can't get his blast out in time, and now a blast will be fired down at planet Sufuru itself. That takes us to episode 37 from February 12th, 1997. Incredible Baby and Goku's double knockout. So Baby's followers call for him to finish off that despicable Saiyan. Baby suddenly falls from the sky with the 10 times Kamehameha finally starting to affect him. They start fighting again, but it's kind of a double KO. Goku himself is also low on power and they both plop down. Old Kaioshin suggests they use the Ultra Holy Water to cleanse Trunks and the others. But Kibito Kaioshin doesn't know where it is, so he immediately teleports back and asks where to find it. Kaioshin sneaks around Popo and Dende at the palace, and it's really fucking funny, with lots of Garlic Jr. vibes. Throwing water at these two is hysterical. He finally grabs the right one to throw at them and cleanses them. Trunks is up next. Kaioshin wants to cleanse Gohan and Goten and have them finish off Baby. Meanwhile, Goku and Baby are still down and out in the rain. Evil Bulma wakes up and sees her precious Baby-sama down for the count and starts firing more Brutes waves at him, and he's back up. But Goku is just sitting there and waiting and smirking. Elder Kaioshin thinks Goku doesn't actually have it in him to finish it, though, and even Goku confirms to himself internally that, yes, he's bluffing. Baby yells real loud. Goku goes flying. Takes us to episode 38 from February 19th, 1997. With everyone's strength, Super Saiyan 4 is revived. Baby starts firing at Goku. There's a lot of fire breath. And there's something familiar about a giant ape wailing away on Goku. Pon jumps in and starts lecturing and firing at Baby. Goku then tries to stop him from stopping, but he's out of power. But yay, Trunks is here. Then Trunks actually tries attacking, and it's kind of embarrassing. Kaioshin brings Gohan and Goten next. Fusion gets suggested, which we all want to see, but Goku says not to bother. Goku instead asks everyone to give their Saiya power to return him to full strength. 
Baby is pursuing them with blasts, and Goku uses the Taioken to blind Baby. Again, feels familiar here. To give them a chance to donate power, but Baby goes up to do another Galico. Oob. Oob. Remember Oob? It starts powering up inside Baby, giving him terrible giant indigestion. He's fine because the chocolate thing was his own attack and he got eaten on purpose. Again, sounds familiar. Pon joins the ritual, even though uh, Satan says she's not super. Oob keeps struggling inside Baby and eventually gets spit up. Baby fires and the others are face down in the dust, but Goku is in the sky holding Pon. He's at full power and ready to finish this. They both power up and yell at each other and fire blasts and poses, and that's the end of the episode. We have two left. Episode 39 from February 26th, 1997. This is the end at last Baby's Annihilation. Goku and Baby run alongside each other. I guess Goku's flying, firing blasts. Everyone wonders who's winning. Kaioshin decides, well, I might as well help cleanse people. Uh, Baby can tell Goku is recovering. You know, they're just doing the thing here, and they start firing back and forth. Okay, goes for a final revenge death ball, or revenge death ball final which Gohan doesn't think Goku can tank, but he does anyway. And then he gets pushed back and starts tripping inside a like half imaginary rock puddle thing. And then he just kind of yells and absorbs it away. Next up is a 10 times Kamehameha from Goku, which hits Baby and sends him flying down on top of where Trunks and the others are. He is down, but still alive. They worry that if Goku destroys Baby, then Vegeta will be gone too. Trunks is like, yeah, no, that's fine. Goku fires again down at Baby. What he did destroy, however, was not Baby, but just the tail reverting him from Great Ape. Apparently, Baby can't remain inside the same way at that size anymore. So he busts out as a little baby blob, then becomes normal size. He blinds everyone himself and gets away. Vegeta's smiling. Baby returns back to Bulma at the ship, smacks her, and takes off. Pon wonders why Goku's just letting him get away, but he says he's not. And after a little time, Goku fires, pushing Baby into the sun and confirms that his key is gone. And we get Don't You See the Ending theme as an insert song. Back at the palace, Goku says he can become Super Saiyan 4 any time now, and they'll turn the water into a mist and send it over Earth to heal folks, and they'll also fix up the Superdu planet. Earth is back in order, right? Oh no, it's been a year, but they only have two weeks. Explosions, but then they give the Dragon Balls to Baby. Oh no, episode 40, the final episode of our batch. March 5th, 1997, Chikyu Bakuhatsu, <laughs> the Earth Explodes, Piccolo's Grave Decision. Uh, there have been a lot of earthquakes lately. Bulma is still up on planet Tsufuru with Kaioshin. Everyone's back to normal, so please send us a spaceship. Vegeta tells Trunks to get the spaceship ready. They'll do teleport. You know, they're going to save people. Uh, Pond makes a good point, though, that you can't just tell everyone on Earth that the planet is going to explode. But hey, again, sounds familiar. Satan can tell them. So he's flying around and broadcasting on TV. But this sure sounds weird. But then everyone reminds us that they love Satan and cheer for Satan. So I guess they changed their minds about all that. So Kaioshin and Goku start mass teleporting people, including out of a stadium. Uh, Goten's dealing with some punks in an arcade. Then we hear a bunch of blast sounds and Vegeta just shoots everyone. So that's good times. Uh, we see Snow, Hachan, Upa, Bora, Pilaf's gang, Tenshinhan, Chaotsu, Yamcha. Remember, all your friends are here and they're ready to go. And now it's uh, Goku's arc with tons of animals, including a couple dinosaurs. We are abandoning the planet. Goku scans her key and there are still people out there, like a drunk guy and some people stuck on a boat. 
and the guy meditating. And I'm wondering if that's supposed to be Namu? Not entirely sure. Uh, Piccolo saves the kid and the dog that wandered off, too. Uh, Goku goes to teleport them back, but he used too much energy, and he's powered back down to a child, so he can't teleport. But Piccolo donates some energy, and he teleports away, even as a kid. But Piccolo didn't come with him. Piccolo starts telepathically communicating with Gohan, saying as long as there are Dragon Balls, this will keep happening. Interesting, rather than Goku being the problem, the Dragon Balls are the problem. So it's better to eradicate them than keep sealing them away. Anyway, also, by the way, Gohan, that Kamehameha from before with the baby fight, that really hurt. And Piccolo's like bleeding out of his chest or something still. Uh, the earth explodes and Piccolo is gone with it. Uh, anyway, later on, they use the Namekian Dragon Balls to restore Earth and, well, things are fine. Back to normal. Yay, time for a party and Giru's back to the end of the episode. This arc is over. <laughs> that was a whirlwind. That was Dragon Ball GT episodes 36 through 40, wrapping up the baby arc. A lot to talk about with these episodes, uh, the one thing I want to start with is the combination of colors. There's just something about the gold and the black and the red with the golden great art ape baby and Super Saiyan 4 Goku. And blues, too. Yeah, like, I was some... thinking, like, oh, lots of primary colors. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's just, it's very, I don't know, good colors. I like it. I like the colors. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll say that they're, it's a bit tough to get used to at first because they're kind of garish but yeah i i really appreciate the risk that they're taking with like going out there in the palette and looking for like all these different colors because it's a really high contrast so it's mm -hmm. like everything just sticks out so well i think there's like a particular shot where super saiyan 4 super saiyan 4 uh goku <laughs> is like <laughs> i don't know i'm trying to get used to the language again um the the sky is purple he's like flying up in the air after being hit and it's like, it's really striking because of just how, like, just how varied the colors are. And it shouldn't work, but in mm -hmm. the aesthetic of these episodes, it just, it feels normal. So it's, yeah, it's really interesting. But I, I actually really like the color choices in this uh, this five-episode run a lot. You know, last time we talked about the architecture of Planet Jufferdub, this, like, almost Eiffel Tower-esque, like, where she's... I don't know, collecting the brute's waves and firing everything from. Um, it's just some good-looking locales. Then we kind of just get into the usual. You know, they're running, they're firing, there's craters. But then other characters show up, so it at least feels like, I don't know, a spectacle is happening here, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, I mean, this most of this place is destroyed. It's like, it's so, uh, you know, it, it's just so strange to think about it, like... Uh, you have these people living here and surrounding this this tower is like decrepit buildings in this ring, right? So it's just like, mm -hmm. it's just crazy. Mike, I actually want to divert your attention if it's okay. Sure. Because, you know, it has been a long month. Uh -huh. uh, yeah. A very long month. And there are so many things we could really comment on. Jeff, it feels so long. This last month feels like five years to me. It really does. It really does. One month could easily feel like five years, just out of the blue, out of nowhere. I just want to say that, like, out of all the things we can talk about here, the first thing, the first freaking thing I realized as soon as the first episode started of this of this five episode run, Jesus fucking Christ, we're talking about power levels again. Because Our, yeah. like, right at the beginning, the quote is, there's been too much difference placed between our levels of power. And I just want to reiterate, the mm -hmm. power levels discussion is so stupid and so meaningless and so devoid of nuance that seeing it brought up here in the first fucking minute of this episode make me roll my eyes so hard into the back of my head that I nearly gave myself a concussion. I forget what you 
you said last time. I think you were, you know what? This is really funny because you were kind of on board with it the last episodes because you were talking about like, all right, now that people have transformed to different states, it's good to know where they are in relation to each other. So there's just something about this last month where you seem to have flipped on this topic. It's very fascinating. Oh God. Uh, yeah. I just, it, it just, I mean, maybe there was something in the previous episodes where like justify it a bit, but coming Man. into it out of nowhere, it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't care. Like if you're just going to keep talking about this, then like strategy and like, you know, your the moves you're going to use, like none of this matters. It just matters mathematically how different you two are. This is so stupid. I, I wonder if it's because once, once we get to Golden Grade 8 Baby and we get to Super Saiyan 4 Goku, like there are no more transformations. So the fact that they still keep talking about it, maybe that's what's grading. And I think that that's what it was. Now that I talked it out, I think that's how it was for me. Mm. What I also wonder about is like there's a certain cockiness to Goku in this current form. And I don't know, I feel like maybe just bringing up power levels is just another way for him to embrace this kind of cockier side. You think like it's an intimidation tactic, maybe. And that was kind of a recurring theme, too, yeah, like intimidation tactics. Yeah. Like he was bluffing in ways that I don't think we typically see Goku kind of bluff, like when he was out of power. That Yeah, that can make sense. Or like there's like a, with each level of... Uh, of power there's like uh an arrogance that comes with it but also maybe you know i kind of wonder like what happens mentally uh to goku or like to any of uh any of the those that can go into super saiyan form if there's like any sort of like mental change that happens because of the transformation or if it's just like a natural like oh well i'm strong now so i can afford to behave in different ways you know yeah there's always a little bit of cockiness we see this with every new transformation when goku transforms uh on namek for the first time you know he actually changes his pronouns a little bit and starts talking in a lower tone um and gradually that fades away super saiyan 3 similar thing starts happening super saiyan 4 similar thing like nozawa's going in this sexy tone um i think that's just kind of par for the course at this point and that's just what they expect to do um uh i actually even gohan super saiyan 2 uh against cell uh very cocky at, at yeah. that point i think that's just i think this is another perfect example of when you have nozawa super saiyan 4 goku but you also have gohan and goten there and you can still tell who each character is especially goten yeah like he's just so happy-go-lucky i guess yeah he's happy he's a little rough around the edges he's not as formal as and direct as the way that gohan talks i feel um yeah just just out of this realm incredible talent there i want to talk about um we're going to talk about maybe three animators here uh, I want to start with episode 36, which was the second one that we watched. And it was a name that I didn't know. And so the animation um, was overseen here by Noboru Koizumi. Uh, and, you know, there's a fantastic website where you can look up who these people are <laughs> and what they've done. Um, did some key animation in earlier GT episodes. There was just something about this episode where it was it was not a Yamamuro episode, but just like striking visuals. You know, we had a lot of things throughout this run where someone would be juxtaposed against a planet or just like cool hands in front of their faces. And there was something about this episode in particular. I'm like, oh, this is a really, really just good looking episode. Was that the episode where there was a scene where the framing really struck me and I can't remember if it was this one or Must not, where Bulma one. was up in like her control center. Yes, it's this one. And like she throws off her 
scouter yep. transceiver mm. device. The she throws yep. it on the ground and like the camera zoomed in on and that it, while she like yeah. runs away off in the distance. Yep. I thought that was very like different. It was. Oh, yeah. I loved and it. And I liked it. I loved it. This was actually one of my spotlight moments in this episode too. That whole that whole sequence was just brilliantly directed. And because uh, like she steps on it on the way out. Mm-hmm. Just oh, that, that whole sequence was great. And um, also the, the sequence of, I, I don't know the character's name, but it's like when they're, uh, they're in the the god realm and the smaller like the the youngest um cre- I don't know what to call it like it's a god creature I guess or what is it oh 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 right okay so yeah that, everyone collectively forgot because you know it's been a long couple months but the the little green thing yes 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 okay yes the space tanuki from earlier in GT when Goku was stuck in Sugoroku space playing games oh yeah, yeah that's right just- they are tanuki yeah it's a good call. Uh, well, the, the younger Tanuki is like running around chasing a butterfly uh, uh-huh. while they're like talking about like what the plan is. And, you know, this 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 uh, younger Tanuki, yes, yes, Tanuki yes. is kind of like a distraction in a way. But while that was like, it's just like your standard animation, nothing really spectacular about it. But it's like this uh, interesting allegory that's happening between this um, this character trying to capture the butterfly and, the, you know, baby ape trying to capture Goku, essentially. So it's like those two things are happening at the same time. So I thought that was really well directed as well. The other one I wrote here was um, in addition to the stuff with the planets, Goku getting hit with the Super Gallico, I thought was uh, really, really good looking. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I want to jump all over. There's so much to cover. But um, you want to talk about more animation stuff. Uh, Jeff, you texted me. A series of four screenshots. I'm like, well, he hit the Uchiyama episode. (laughs) Well, I mean, I just uh, 36 through 38. It, you know, I'm, I'm used to it. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a level of quality there. It's great. No problems. Episode 39. It, I, how, okay. There's so much, there's just so much like, okay, let me, let me just, let me just go through my list. Can I do that? Let me just do that. Please, please. Let's hear it. Okay. First of all, the, the first frame of Gohan and Goten looking. It's like seconds into the episode. <laughs> like, what, where are they looking? What? And, and like, it's just this bl- weird, fa- like everybody has a weird face, but that just like, yeah. that just really threw me off. And then it goes to uh, when they're running in, there's like the, the, the valley, you know, that, that decrepit area. And there it's both baby ape and Goku and they're like side by side and they're firing at each other with the, the sizing is completely off. Because Goku yeah. looks like maybe a fifth of the size of Baby Ape when like Baby Ape's supposed to be freaking gigantic. And why is he like tiny in this little valley? Like what, what? the perspective was off even on the shot after that when they're finally back above ground because then Baby Ape's huge again. So what what happened? And then and then oh my god! And then okay, so Kaioshin needed to be told to revive people with the holy water. What 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 has he been doing this whole time? And God forbid, like okay, that's that's more of a story thing than an animation thing. But let me just get to the real bad part. Okay, right. the fucking monkey butthole. <laughs> <laughs> what what is this? And there's this. I don't know if you caught this, but like there is when when that thing first appears, there's like a cut. When it goes from that to everybody's reaction and the audio cuts at the same time, like I it's like they were in post-production. They had done all this and they were like, oh, we need to cut a minute. Let's just cut it right here at the freaking butthole. What is with this editing? And then why are Gohan and Goten so happy to see a butthole? And, <laughs> and why? Well, they, they know they know what happened. They know what that means. Yeah, OK, fair enough. But but Mike, why is the butthole on a separate cell? 
from the rest of the monkey. It is. It is. It looks like a piece of burnt toast that got left on top of the. Yes. Side. Why is it moving independently from the monkey? Like what? And then I had to replay this thing. This five. This fucking five second sequence. I had to replay it like twenty fucking times because I could not believe how awful this whole thing was. And it's like. He has a butthole. And guess what? When Baby gets out, he doesn't escape through the butthole. So, like, what, what? what is this? What is the point of all this? There's a lot to go into. Or we took care of the, the toast butt. All right. That, that's fine. And the way that it scrolled or panned down to it, like, it wasn't a complete pan across the butt. I don't know. It was just like a weird setup to then land, not even centered on that. Very bizarre. What, what I want to get to here... <laughs> <laughs> this reminds me a lot of the end of the cell arc where we go from an Uchiyama episode to then uh, a, a better animator episode. Yeah. So with the cell arc, it was episode 190, which is uh, Cell and Gohan are clashing. Goku's spirit is behind. But it's not the final episode of like it's not the climax of the fight, I guess I should say. Mm. So then you get the next episode where Cell actually gets obliterated. Now, that's a beautifully animated episode. Yeah. We have a similar thing going on here in GT where the second to last episode of the arc is an Uchiyama episode. It looks like hot garbage. But then the problem is the second to last episode of the arc is also the climax and finale of the fight. So that all looks bad. Yeah. And then the next episode, which is just folks teleporting all over the place with animals and stuff, is the great looking episode to wrap it up. I so think it's strange. just a byproduct of like production schedules. Maybe. I kind of wish they were a little bit more thoughtful about like, hey, this is going to be like the penultimate episode. We got to give it to our A team. Maybe they don't think that way. Maybe they're just going purely by logistics and production studio availability and Hey, who's next on the hit parade? Who's available this week? Who, who's getting assigned this episode? It's just an unfortunate situation with timing. I can kind of agree with that. But at the same time, the storyboarding in 39, episode 39, is just so awful that I just, I, like, it's just, it's like, it's like they didn't, I, I mean, of course you could argue they just didn't have time and they didn't have the A-team on it. So they really, like, didn't feel like they needed to put some effort into this. But the, but the, con the continuity errors and, like, just all the weirdness there's just no excuse for it, I feel like. I think I just figured it out. Just running real quick math on it. It seemed like Uchiyama episodes were every five episodes. Okay. So it literally was, it really, really was the production like every flow. Pattern, yeah. Every few, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then, so episode 40 is Tadayoshi Yamamoro. I, I mean, this is Yamamoro probably at the end slash height of his power of a DBZ GT animation. Just, it looks beautiful. I, I love the shot of Goku... Super Saiyan 4 Goku holding his hand out to the animals. I think it's mostly just a still frame, but it looks beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> like, couldn't we have gotten that with the final fight episode? How did that end up in Uchiyama's hands? I just... So it's just a circumstance of uh, yeah. every fifth episode, you get this one. Just bizarre. And I suppose that could play into, which we're never going to know, is just the actual production woes of GT. You know, we have some interviews with the early on deciding to change direction more to the fights earlier than they thought they would. Um, and I want to talk about a couple other points related to GT and, and timing and stuff later on. Um, but I think that's about it in terms of visuals that I want to get to. Um, anything else anyone has? I mean, last time we talked about the transformations, what Super Saiyan 4 looked like, what golden grade eight baby look like is there anything else to say yeah i got something wise? yeah the awkwardness and also this feels well animated but maybe not i think i'm just feeling very uncomfortable okay of when oob was trying to bust out 
of baby. Yes. And he, what was your description? Like you said, he had really, he looked like he had giant indigestion. Yeah, giant indigestion. And like he got really sweaty. Oh, oh, oh really, really sweaty. Of baby just like shaking his belly side <laughs> to side. I'm like, I'm going to make a gif of this. He would like great. stutter. He would stutter and go big and then retract, expand, contract, expand, and then get so, so sweaty. I'm like, they put a little too much care into this. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. I, I honestly, that was, that was one of my favorite uh, parts too, because I actually, like I was so physically uncomfortable watching that. Yeah, that it, they pulled <laughs> it off so me. well. That was so good. I actually have a couple things related to the art. At the end of episode thirty-six, there's like this. It, it there's a cut to Bulma, and she's got like mm-hmm. this. I don't know how. I don't have a better way to describe it. It's like it's like an angry Ahegal face, where it's like <laughs> where it's like her eyes are like semi-crossed, and she's just like. It's like the only. It's just so. I don't know. Her angry is just so weirdly or like cynically angry, I guess. It's just like so weirdly drawn that I thought uh, or he, or just her being evil is just weird. Uh, I thought that was like just so odd how they drew her like that. Oh, like, yeah, the other uh, screenshots I sent you, Mike. Right. Like going back to episode 39 with uh, Kaioshin holding the holy water bottle and looking like yeah. two different directions at once. Oh, yes. And um when the uh, the super uh, what was it the continuous super Galico attack is yes the Renzoku yes yeah so they're all flying past Goku and he's just like and you know of course he's unfazed but he makes this like uwu face <laughs> after like they're <laughs> passing him and it's like he's pulling off like the most excellent Paul Stanley from 1980s Kiss you know well yeah that's what you mentioned last time too I think. There's probably some inspiration in there for sure. I do want to note it's called the Renzoku, the continuous Super Galico. It's just a series of key blasts. Yeah, it, this, it didn't wasn't need a fancy name. I don't know. You um, know, Dende also looked incredibly derpy. In oh, the there was some bad like, Dende. That's like true. Dende. Yeah. <laughs> so there's uh, there's a million things I want to go into here. Let's talk first about. Uh, so Mary, we watched these in batches of two, one, two. Is how we watched them. Um, the first two episodes, we I felt like we just had an amazing time with the the episodes. Like it was, it looked good. It was funny as hell. Pacing was good. Just the, Popo and Dende and Kaioshin sneaking around them in the palace and throwing I love that water kind at of them. Stuff. Like just, that was fun. Hey, let's take the C team and let's do some fun things with them. It was just great, and that I think was the episode that happened to have the some of the real striking visuals in it. So it that's where I'm watching this, going like, man, GT is really good. What's what's going on here? This is some really fun shit. You know. Then we get into the the next few episodes. Um, there's just there's a lot of parallels going on in these episodes. So right there, I I think. Clearly, there's inspiration from the Garlic Jr. filler arc with the Blackwater Mist and having to cleanse people. And there's even some confusion here with the, the Cho Shin Sui, the, the super holy water. That's the exact same name that was given to previous water in the series, but that was the poison water, I'm pretty sure. So why would they be spreading poison over everyone? I don't know what's going on there. Lots of other parallels, though, um, like Goku... In an adult form, no longer child, fighting another giant ape. Like, we kind of got all the big hits there. We got, you know, folks stepping on each other, grabbing the Taioken. It just felt, it felt like a, an obvious reprise of Goku versus Vegeta from the first time they fought. Did that feel gratuitous to you, Mary? I wouldn't say it felt gratuitous. I waver back and forth between it feeling lazy, but also a deliberate loving homage yeah i feel like i wanted them to either do more with it 
or less with it. <laughs> Not entirely sure. Like if there was more better, if there was more better direction. That sure sounds great. <laughs> I've always said I'm not a great critic. I, I'm good at other stuff. Critiquing things, reviewing things, not not my strong point. Um, if there was more better direction storyboarding around this fight, maybe I would be okay with some of the stuff they did. But once we hit the tie kind I'm like, all right, guys, I get it. I'd or see at least throw in some there. twists. Mm. Mm. Um, the fact that Baby then blinded them was okay, but he didn't use that attack. He just like flashed his eyes and then... That was that. Oh, well, so, but weirdly enough about that, I guess like everybody's just used to the Taioken because he's like, close your eyes, everyone. He does the move and yes. then it cuts back to everyone. Their eyes are wide fucking open. So like, <laughs> are they just like I, yeah. blinded now by this thing? Because like, and, they took and, out their sunglasses. Yeah, right. No, but then, then you go to the end where, uh, where baby is blasted into the sun and they're all staring at the sun. <laughs> they're not setting a good example for the kiddos. Yeah, don't do this at home, kids. Don't do this at home. <laughs> yeah, they, they took an example from our, our current... President, has that has that happened yet? I don't remember. Oh, uh, <clears throat> anyway. So, uh, <laughs> what we have to talk about here—the most important thing—is Saya power. Mm. So, there's a lot to talk about here, um, Mary. As soon as it started happening, you're like, "I've seen this before." So, the the donation of power to Goku. Uh, I feel like maybe the first notable example was. CBC movie eight, the first Broly movie, but that was just kind of like whoever was there and general power donation. So you had Gohan Trunks, Vegeta, but you also had Piccolo there. That was just, that's just the thing that uh, Takao Koyama uh, was into uh, as part of his uh, cult religion. Here we have very specifically a group of Saiyans standing around Goku and donating their Saiya power. So again, I'm not going to invoke super. I'll invoke Battle of Gods because Battle of Gods is not super, but we have a ritual with a bunch of science surrounding Goku donating their light to him to get Super Saiyan God later on. Um, this thing, this this full power Super Saiyan 4 with a bunch of folks surrounding him. It's interesting. I don't necessarily have a problem with it, except what the fuck is Saiya power and why does everyone know how to do this? That's a great yeah. question. Because this has never really happened like this before, has it? So, okay, yeah, that's, you know, two questions about that. Because there's a similar thing that happens in a different way. It's it's an attack that's absorbed by Goku. But I was actually more convinced that he had actually absorbed it, uh, even though yeah. you don't specifically see it going into him or anything. It just kind of converts into a tornado and then, you know, fires off. Oh, yeah. Those yeah, babies, I thought he absorbed it, too. Yeah, those babies' final... Uh, I forgot where I wrote it. No, except he said final at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, what for sure. Exactly. No, yeah, yeah. It was like a final attack It was the sort. revenge death ball hyphen final. Yeah. <laughs> Exclamation point. But, like, so Goku absorbs it, and I think there's... It doesn't show it, but it kind of does... Uh, allude to it well enough and but it but for this particular instance that you're talking about yeah we don't really see any so we see like electricity kind of being i I know what you mean yeah there's no specific transfer everyone's just standing around powering up and being gold right and that's it and and you know it's funny because i'm thinking of it like a video game where it's like okay show me the meter (laughs) you know where it's Uh like uh so oh we're not done yet and i'm like i don't care i don't see anything that makes me believe that He's he's like, I don't I don't I'm not part of the process here as to how he's absorbing this or, or like, when is it enough or when is he done? Like, I don't, I just don't care. So it's like so he's kind of pulsing red a little bit afterward, but that's about it. And I guess it would be worth mentioning. Uh, has this happened yet? 
the Limit Breaker Super Saiyan 4 in Heroes. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Oh, I do want to mention, though. I do want to mention that I like um, I like that Pond's in there. Uh, you know, yes. Like they're saying. I, again, Battle of Gods and then Pond donating yeah, to this thing. I am, but so I have a frozen, I have a, fr- uh, a frame frozen from the scene. And I appreciate yes. that those white lines I was talking about, like that electricity, they oh, have a line going a different to. different color. Oh, I didn't see. Well, I see her. No, her flame around her body is different color, but there is like a mm. thin white electric line going to Pond oh, as well. And I appreciate that they okay. did that because it's like, yeah, even though she's not, she can't contribute. She's not super. They still show that there's like some, there's some kind of contribution going on there. I thought that was really sweet that they did that. It's really interesting what was clearly stolen from this episode yeah. for later things. I, I guess. Uh, Baby has been talking about his hatred of the Saya and the Saya power. I think Baby's mentioned Saya power several times before. We don't really know what that is, but they're just like, I needed at least one more line, even if it's just a toss away line. Jeff, to your point about show me the meter, show me something. Let me know what is this transference process and how and why. And more specifically, why everyone knows what he means when he says, give me your Saya power. Yeah. I'm just missing something here. Well, I mean, I'm not expecting him to, like, heal himself because that would just be weird. Like, how could getting more Saya power actually, like, heal your cuts? So, like, it's Uh fine that that didn't happen. But put him in a slouching position and then have him, like, stand up straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, some kind of visual that gives me some indication that this is actually affecting him rather than, like, four people standing around a dude and flames and electricity. And how it ends is baby fires and then other folks are face down in the dust and Goku's just floating in the air with Pond. Like there's no... Yep. Like like when Goku transformed into Super Saiyan 4 for the first time, Pond was like, oh, Grandpa, you look like a god. Like there was some kind of acknowledgement here. It just kind of pulses. Jeff, I want to go to your predictions from last time. Oh, God. I think that gives us more avenues for story things oh, to no. discuss here. Oh, no. So we laid it out for you that this arc will end in five episodes. So we knew the time frame here. So you're like, okay, baby's going to be dealt with, but a lot can happen in five episodes. You said, I find it hard to believe that baby gets destroyed. Maybe they'll blast the planet itself, planet Tsufuru, off into space somewhere with him on it. Um, you weren't quite sure. You said there there won't be any divine intervention like with wishes or anything like that. Um, this is where I, I want to go. You said Oob will be okay somehow, even though Baby ate him. And you didn't quite know where to go with that. Huh. And I thought that was fascinating because last time we saw uh, Chocolate, gone. Yeah, but so, okay. But, but like, why is he okay? How do you get That's out of Chocolate mode? further questions. I actually liked Oob's explanation. He's like, you think you're going to use the technique that I invented against me? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, okay, I guess, like, yeah, he's the master of that move. So Again, more parallels to previous material where Vegito let himself get absorbed into Boo to then be inside Boo and do things. I, I, I think that was intentional with this being a, a Boo attack. So I, I kind of buy it. I'm okay with it. All right. Yeah, I must have missed that because that, that explains everything. It, it was fine. I, I think it was worth bringing Oob back into the fray somehow yeah. for as little as he had to do here. Like he didn't actually contribute to the fight anymore after that, but he helped distract for a, a good long time to, to get things going. Uh, there's just some real awkward and uncomfortable animation as part of the whole thing. Um, Jeff, you said people will end up back on earth, which did happen. Kind of jumping all over. You said maybe they'll cut off baby's tail. Ooh. 
Vegeta won't die, but how do they get him out of baby or how do they get the baby out of the Vegeta? How does that work? Yeah. How could I have possibly predicted that they would produce a new butthole on this ape? And <laughs> that would be the key to getting Vegeta back. I've, I, what can I tell you? I'm sorry. I can't exactly look into the future. Yeah. That seemed like a, a very logical way to, to handle this. So I'm not surprised at all that you predicted exactly that. Um, the interesting thing here is you had previously wondered about how they were going to actually cleanse everyone since there are eggs everywhere. Everyone is infected. Uh, it's not like they can just go person to person like evil be gone, but that kind of is sort of what they do to, to start things off. Yeah. Can I say this was and, like the most unbelievable thing uh, out of everything in, in the suite of episodes, because do we like we never hear about the ultra holy water until episode 37, right? Like I'm not just uh, dreaming it, that. At least in GT. So, all right, there's some weird shit going on. So there were two waters in the original Dragon Ball series. There was the fake water where the entire point was by the time you did actually get up to see Karin, you were so strong to drink the water like the training was the, the training, not the actual, the water, the water was nothing. Then separate from that, there is actual holy water that does things to you and makes you stronger. It's a poison. And if your body can overcome the poison, you will get a power up. And Goku did that during the fight with Piccolo. This water is named the same as that second water. But the fact that they're throwing it all over just regular normies <laughs> on earth leads me to believe it it's can't be... <laughs> It's filtered. <laughs> it's through, it's through smart through water. Brother. They're just they're <laughs> getting bottles of smart water and just handing it over to everybody. Oh Maybe they're by turning it into a mist, it dilutes it enough so that the poison is what poisons the baby eggs inside of people and regular human. I was going to say combustion. No, what's the word I'm looking for? Metabolism is what takes care <laughs> of combustion. Yeah. You know, human combustion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to chalk that up with like one of the two things that really bugged me about this end of the arc where just quote-unquote things happen yeah oh the things are just happening yeah. things are just happening so so that is one big one it's like okay well what about the people who are inside and maybe they were not outside to be blessed with this mist what then and 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 mary why didn't why didn't bulma get it why didn't they give it to her like first thing because yeah, she has seriously. like some form of power she can do things you should turn exactly. her off first and then the other big thing that just sort of happens is, I'm apologizing if I jumped the gun a little bit if you want to dedicate time to this, but the last episode where they spend all this time migrating people, and then in the span of 30 seconds, and they're like, and and then they wished Earth back and everyone went back home and everything's great. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. I would have been I would have been interested in seeing an episode, or maybe a quarter of an episode dedicated to that. Show me Namekians golfing on Earth. Like, that's what I want to see. Let's see some, some slow progress and enjoyment along the way no but that's so nope, true he was here party 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 let's party everyone go now it's so true it's, it's five seconds and it's like okay earth's back <laughs> excuse me let's stick in that final episode so those were all your predictions by the way jeff you i'd say you actually did pretty damn yeah, good really, really good Ugh, god i hate revisiting those because i'm just like i'm just like this is dragon ball how am i gonna how am i supposed to predict like anything that comes out of these people's heads especially when there's like this r random magic water coming out of nowhere i mean come on i was speaking of water so then Obviously, the, the next water was during the Garlic Jr. arc and the oh, garlic yeah. infecting everyone and then folks having to get cleansed. Anyway, whole thing. Uh, I want to stick with the last episode here. Uh, Piccolo. 
So Piccolo making the decision, and I kind of hinted at that during the um, synopses and I was going through it, where something we learn about from, uh, I I would say like the mainline continuity is that, and they kind of say this, like Goku decides to stay dead after Cell because he's a magnet for enemies. Goku Uh is the problem. And what we get here, um, and we're going to get more of this in future of Jeff's closure ears, is that no, in fact, the Dragon Balls are the problem. And so Piccolo decides, well, all right, I still have a connection here, I guess. So if Piccolo is gone, then these Dragon Balls will be gone. We can stop having problems on Earth. Thoughts on it? Mm. Mary, Piccolo. I like it a lot because I think it just uh, speaks to how far Piccolo has gone yeah. from his introduction as a villain to where he is today. I thought it was just so heartwarming how he speaks to Gohan, like just telepathically. It's like, this is the person I'm choosing to have my last words with. Yeah. Oh, that was so sweet. Favorite part of that was like, by the way, motherfucker, that attack really hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was really like, after all this time, you're you're still bleeding. He's still bleeding. Guts. Yeah. Like, how long has this been, actually? I'm not entirely sure. Um, can't Namekians heal? Isn't Piccolo actually kind of Wolverine? Uh, I don't know how much else I really had to say about the span of episodes. I thought the it was a strong intro to this batch of five. I was okay with the fight. I don't. I just wanted more from the big final fight. I'm I'm totally cool with the you know get him out, you know, cut the tail off and blast him into the sun. I think that's that a, I actually thought was pretty badass. I think that's a really yeah. strong ending. We've seen that. I guess with Kula and that's about it before in movie five in terms of going into the sun. I feel like it's a nice untraditional way of ending a fight. Yeah, pretty definitive. And then Goku's even like, and I can't feel his key. So he's gone. All right. So baby definitively dead. Got it. But I guess I just wanted more from the actual big fight itself. We had a lot of the run, the fire and baby will do I don't know, about 17 super gallic hose in different places and locations and pointing different ways. And then they would just lay, lay down for a while. <laughs> yeah. I gotta take a nap. <laughs> and then get back up and continue. But like, this is, this is why I, I want to bring it back to being so perturbed about talking about power levels again, because that's what I feel like. This is the inevitable outcome of 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 reducing your battles to numbers and yeah. like and and removing the nuance of strategy and all these other things. Because now all you're doing is like uh, producing these attacks that are just giant balls of white or black being shot at each other. And and I guess it's like when you're at that macro of a scale, it's kind of hard to like. You know, when you have like a giant ball that's an attack, of course, you can't like do it around corners and stuff. It's just obliterating the corners. Like, that's the point. But I think like you just write yourself into a corner where you can no longer do anything interesting. And now you're just trading uh, attacks back and forth like this. And it doesn't and you can't do anything with it. And so I feel like. Uh, like that's kind of how they wrote themselves into a problem in this case. But I, you know, honestly, I don't think it was the worst example of this. Um, I think there have been other battles where, uh, where like it was just way too long or I, you know, I keep thinking back to cell arc and I don't think that's fair because I think part of it is because the reaction shots would last a bit too long. And like there were just Mm. pauses in places that ended up going for too long, but it's also because that's what I'm most familiar with. Uh, you know, as a reminder for people, the only thing that I really knew about Dragon Ball was what I watched on Cartoon Network, which was the Cell Saga. So, like, it always sticks out in my mind as, like, you know, uh, a situation where it could have been handled differently. But, like, yeah, so, like, in comparison to that, I thought this was actually 
kind of better in a way because I actually believe the idea that they have these massive attacks. It causes them to exhaust themselves and they're lying down. Mm, and it mm. just, I think the t- the thing that got tiring to me was that every time this would happen, Goku would be up in a, like by surprise, you know, like it, you know, he, yes, he yeah. looks like, but his finger waggles. And then a second later he's standing up and it's like, uh-huh. maybe it was like the way that, that it was done where it just felt like it was too coincidental or just too like, like too fortunate um, but I did like, however, uh, that by the end he's making appearances to look like he's still a hundred percent fine when he's, you know, struggling a bit here and there. And like, they really try to, to bring that out, uh, too much to the point where I'm like, okay, baby easily could have seen Goku like struggling a little bit, but doesn't say anything. I thought it was a bit unbelievable, but, um, but still it was like, it was something that they had to do to, to make it a little bit different. So I appreciate that, but I kind of get what you're saying too. I actually want to talk about music for a second yes there were some good music choices here yeah i don't recall all right so let's start with background music for a second so the tokenaga score is i would say a little divisive uh among fandom because it's it's uh, a it was the franchise's first new composer yeah after kikuchi did all of dragon ball and dragon ball z Hmm. we're starting to have a little bit larger of of a base of music here we also have music from the 10th anniversary film which tokenaga scored at the same time my (laughs) My favorite piece is that dun, 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 dun. Every time it came on, I would start singing. Dun, dun, dun. I, I like that piece change, a lot. Yeah. And there's that. Anyway, I like some of the background pieces of music. I want to talk about the ending theme for a second. I, I can't recall if we've talked about this before, um, but don't you see? By Zard, which it's was a banger. used for uh, a number of episodes here. A banger. Unfortunately, Izumi Sakai passed away uh, at this point. God, it was a long time ago. It was 2007. I, I still remember when, when that happened. Uh, just absolutely tragic. Fell down the stairs at the hospital while she was already in the hospital and, and passed away. She was only 40 years old. Um, Sakai, so Don't You See was uh, her performance of her song here. I think a lot of folks know this, but she actually wrote the opening theme, Don Don, that uh, Field of View performs. So Sakai is kind of like baked into the the sound of GT, at least from a, a theme song perspective for me. Um, and I bring it up because we did get the, the insert version of Don't You See. Um, so there's two versions of Don't You See. There's the album version, which is actually what was used as the insert song. Huh. And then there is a TV length, slightly different arrangement of the song, which is used as the ending theme. Um, so if you notice a little bit of a difference in the song, that that is why that's there. Oh, I don't neat. know if you can see it, Mary, over there, but up on the top shelf next to the Psycho Jumps, I have some of these individual releases of Zard stuff. Um, that TV-sized version was, uh, I believe, unreleased for a while. Um, and then posthumously, they've been putting out a bunch of Zard stuff. She's still hugely popular, um, just absolutely so well-regarded by so much of Japan's musical industry that they they just keep putting out her stuff. So there's there's a really cool release of the, the TV-sized version of uh, Don't You See that I've got over there. Yeah, that's what I want to say about Don't You See. We have it briefly, and then we're going to transition into Blue Velvet um, pretty shortly here in GT. Is there 
Anything else that y'all want to talk about? Could we we could go a couple different directions here. We could go Jeff into new predictions for next time. I want to do a little bit of a pause on where we are in 1997 here, but I leave it, Mary, Jeff, you. Is there anything else about this batch of episodes? The end of the baby arc of yeah. GT. I mean, Re- do we really, want to talk about the arc as a whole? That's Just what I was saying. On it? Yeah, really. Like the first arc is done, so we had a slow transition of introductory material into slowly revealing who this villain is which Jeff, you know, obviously it took us a while to get through these, but since it's only been a month since the last episode, clearly you remember, like, so Baby was actually the, the mastermind behind things and had made Dr. Mew, which is very strange, and, you know, the Sufrurians and their hatred of the science getting revenge here. This has all kind of been brought to a close. They're, they're pillaging of past filler and game material to create the baby arc of GT. Uh, it's over. 40 episodes brings us to a close of this arc. It was 40 uh, episodes total? Yeah. Are you not counting? So that's the, the weird first... thing. So the, the very beginning of the series... Because I don't is, count the be- very beginning personally. It's... There's so many conversations about this. It's tough because like all of that stuff directly leads to and is a part of this arc, like all the M2 stuff and like all that brings us to Dr. Mew. Yeah. Who is part of baby's plan. I guess you could argue like Pilaf accidentally making the wish, like that's not related to Mew and baby, but it's the introductory material to it. Um, Like Gohan being lost in the woods isn't part of the Saiyan arc, but it is part of the Saiyan arc, like that kind of stuff. So yeah, like big picture thoughts here on the baby arc as a whole, Mary. It's an interesting Frankenstein's monster approach to Dragon Ball storytelling where they're taking these different elements that we've seen. Um, Mike, I like your point about also mining video games for inspiration yeah, and coming up with something good. I wouldn't say it's great. It's good. It it was better than I remember. There are some parts that kind of dragged on a little bit early on. All right. Is it better than you remember because of Super or is it better than you remember? Oh, Ooh, what a question. Both, <laughs> I'm sorry I'm breaking the ground rules. Both, I know, I know. We're breaking... break. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than I remember it being and better because of Super. <laughs> <laughs> Which Super, by the way, only just ended this year. So that's fresh in our minds. Oh, yes. Jeff, thoughts, big, big picture thoughts. The baby arc as a whole, 40 episodes of GT. And and kind of where, where I want you to go with this is we've already told you from the start that GT is only 64 episodes. So you've seen more than half of GT at this point. Jeez. Wow. That's funny to think about, isn't it? Yeah, that's strange. Well, how? what percentage of GT is the baby arc? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, well, oh, I, well, is the baby arc. I mean, you could do the numbers yourself, 40 out of 64. Oh, I, I guess oh, where yeah, I don't want yeah. to answer is like, what how, what percentage is other stuff after this? Right, I, I don't and want to tell you. That. I, that's such a stupid question. We're, we ended at episode forty. And you're saying the baby <laughs> right. arc is forty, so we started yeah, at yeah. zero. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, I guess so. That that's actually an interesting question because considering that GT has been the baby arc at this point, it, it really changes the way that I think about this final fight now because of how long this has gone on, and like baby is supposed to be like this mastermind uh you know because i you know i'm recalling the dr moo stuff and and like the the web of things that was going on and like even the whole uh the whole reason they went off into space in the first place you know that's sort of like ending here as well and we we have some unresolved stuff goku is still a child yes uh even though earth is restored uh, you know that hasn't been resolved i did like the stuff about chi chi's like you're gonna find some young gal your own age and (laughs) run off with her he's like what are you 
Doc, what? No. <laughs> well, there's some sweetness still to the relationship, I hope. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I guess um, I guess it's, you know, you could say that it's sort of an underwhelming ending, um, given how uh, how pumped up this, this baby character was. But I think also at the same time, what better way to get rid of a nuisance than blast it into the sun? Curious to to see where things go from here because all we know of GP, uh, sorry, of GT is baby. So right, so perfect, Jeff. Predictions: What happens next in Dragon Ball GT? Do you want me to do that now, or I have other stuff I can bring up too? I want your predictions. I'm I'm just done. Okay, all right. <laughs> uh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, shit. What do we do now? Well, we have okay. We have to figure out uh, how to get Go- uh, Goku back to regular goku all right apparently there's some vaccine somewhere that can help him get back into regular form either a vaccine or magical spell of some kind that some god can perform because there's four if i'm if i'm remembering correctly there's like four mega gods that like control corners of the universe am i right about that you all right you are so (laughs) each planet has its own individual god dende is currently the god of earth there are also the kayo the blue catfish guy he's the northern kayo so there are cardinal directions for them but then above them are the kaioshin uh and the reason why we only have one kaioshin now who is merged with kibito because they put on the patara earrings as a demonstration then they're like oh shit what are you talking about now we're fused forever um there used to be more of them but they're the ones uh boo ate slash killed the others so now all we're left with is uh, i believe is he the eastern kaioshin um and then the old kaioshin was the one that was broken out of the z sword that gohan was training with uh, huh yeah okay anyway. i'm gonna say then that's the god hierarchy as of gt Anyway, then I'm gonna I'm gonna predict that a Kaioshin's gonna get involved to get Goku back to his regular self. No idea how it's gonna happen from there. Um, what if there was a evil female Kaioshin that actually like had a child? That's don't tell me, don't fucking tell me that actually had. Are, are you spoiling right now? Are you gonna spoil me in my predictions? I'm not spoiling official things. If it's not official, well, <laughs> <laughs> don't um, worry. That that we'll cover that after. Anyway, Great. continue, please. Okay. Um, all right, fine. So that'll be a focus. No, it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm just saying words. Don't worry about it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I mean, what? Well, I mean, what else can we focus on that hasn't been resolved besides. Uh, well, okay, hold on. No, of course, I'm missing the giant thing. People are probably yelling at me, obviously. Uh, these Dragon Balls are are the problem, apparently. Well, no, they're not because they were destroyed, but, right? But that whole thing. But, like, they're still. They're still no, they, they did allude to something being wrong with dragon balls we just don't know what it is yet so cool something's wrong with the dragon balls so i guess we're going to go more into this territory of like they're actually evil therefore we need to get rid of them somehow or like they they're gonna they're gonna create some form of evil when when they become aware that there are plans to destroy them yeah let's go with that you're saying that the dragon balls are self-aware and they're going to become evil and okay mike are you sure. telling me are you really going to tell me that that's not possible at this point that that's not a probable thing that would happen in dragon ball gt Listen come on to man. this come crazy on. crazy talk come on from man Jeff here you come on come on let's be realistic here you had other things to say though i don't want to take away from any other points you you might have had but i was just dying to know where you think this might go yeah yeah no problem let me let me go through my list young sir um oh young sir 
as it is 2018 and certainly not the far distant year of, I don't know, 2023. <laughs> Why, yes, I am, young man. <laughs> Mike, that's five years from now. Come on. Anything could happen in five years. Yeah. Anything. Oh, my God. Anything. Absolutely. Anything could happen. Um, there was no, but there was some stuff that actually I thought was pretty cool. And then some really some uh, like stuff that just it's just kind of weird. Like, for example, there's a subtitle in um, episode 36. So you, you know, pin this down to, you know, translation issue where the line is, it feels great to see your face all panicked like that. Meanwhile, Goku looks like mildly perturbed, like not even remotely panicked. The, these the subtitles were by Steve Simmons, a longtime fan, friend of the site. Steve, I, I would say, has taken some criticism of being perhaps more literal than folks would like, which I find absolutely fucking fascinating. Because if you look on social media, the people complaining about official uh, licensed subtitles are always saying, oh, they're so wild and localized. Yeah. And you have something like this over in Dragon Ball where it's m- more literal than those kinds of people are used to. It's just kind of fascinating. It, it seemed know. different from what I remember of his style being, though. No. I, I found it really actually kind of jarring. It's like, this is not how people talk. Like, this is whether or not it's uh, hyper literal or not, like, just grammatically, like, people don't talk this way. Yeah. And I, I, I expected more of Steve's translations. And I don't know if it's just, I've been away f- from for a month. His yeah, other I know. subtitled stuff for quite a while. Um, I, I think maybe it's just a product of both its time and his time from. You know, when he did this, obviously we're watching here in 2018, but these came out, you know. Where where did his work on GT reside in his chronology of working with Funimation? Was so, it like some of his earlier work? Or it, no? no, it was chronological along with everything. So Steve came in in 99 to do the Ginyu stuff. And so then they went through the end of Z. Um, Steve actually couldn't take the rest of the original Dragon Ball series because he was doing more other series at Funimation. He was his, their only translator at that mm-hmm. point. So that's when, uh, I think it's episodes 29 through the end of the original Dragon Ball. That's when Clyde Mandolin did um, the entire rest of Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but Steve came back for uh, GT. Okay. So this is all, we're still like pre-2005 here in totality. So I can't chalk it up to, oh, it's just his early work and that's why it comes across as awkward. But that I would still actually maybe even call that early mm-hmm. work. I mean, it's a it's a lot of work in a short period of time. Mm. I don't know. I I don't necessarily have a problem with some of it compared to Mary when we watch some of the again has this happened yet the One Piece simulcast subtitles on Crunchyroll. I don't know, but it's really those are really hard to read. Where clearly yeah. it's a either a non-native English speaker or someone who doesn't know Japanese either. I don't know. I don't necessarily have as big of a problem with it because I, I think I'm just used to the way that the characters in Dragon Ball speak that I'm also just so much listening to their tone of voice that I'm just kind of absorbing all of it as a whole. Well, it's so strange. These these criticisms are really strange to me because I actually didn't pick that out at all. And, and maybe it's because like I'm kind of used to it being sort of awkward and not really realistic, but like, yeah, it didn't really, I, it didn't affect my enjoyment. It was just like those certain moments where it was like, clearly you're saying this one thing that character does not look like that (laughs) or it's like that it's not accurately representing what's happening and that was like i think the only instance i even wrote down about that honestly it's also a kid series with bad dialogue and it's not toriyama writing the dialogue so i don't know maybe yeah it's fair well well let's let's go to uh episode 37 where there's character dialogue that i thought was kind of ridiculous which was baby sama finish off that despicable scion and that's fine I mean, it's not yeah. like... Well, because he's he's infected them. That's how he's making them talk. That's how he's 
Yes, himself. But, yes, I but I feel like that was another weird, awkward translation. Finish off that despicable science. I don't have a problem with that at all. I, yeah, I'm going to say I, I was okay with it. The part that I thought was ridiculous, and Mike, you kind of just explained it, but um, but I still think it's kind of funny. It's like, do you like what do you think baby's hearing from far away? All I think he's hearing is baby sama. <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> well, he can't under. So if he's under their, uh, they're under his control. He's making them say it. Then yes, that makes sense. But like, it was still kind of funny that it was like you could hear them like mumbling that. <laughs> when they were all speaking at once. It was like kind of ridiculous. At the end of 37, uh, there's this moment here where Goku is getting up and he's struggling. And I think like particularly here, it hit me that Baby-sama, like his whole motivation is that he just hates that Goku isn't dead. And like, mm. not just that he's not powerless, it's that he's just, that he's still alive. They do, I think it's in 38 where like these attacks keep coming. They're sort of like- yeah. But they're not like heavy attacks or like these small attacks. Like, uh, like it's. I guess you could see it like a like a form of torture in a way where like Baby Sama like finally has the upper hand. He thinks he's gonna win, so he's not like killing Goku right away. He's just sort of like playing with him still being alive, but like really just throwing things at him just to make him feel more pain. And it's like I thought that was actually really like a really good moment of highlighting how evil Baby Sama is. I like how you're calling him Baby Sama. He's infected you. Yeah, right. Exactly. I know it's just Baby, but but like I keep hearing it in the episode. I think it infected me. Yeah, yeah right, right. Right. No, you're right. But like, no, but but really it's it's that Baby, the motivation is just like, uh, like killing, killing Goku isn't like the big thing at that moment. It's like, it's just, but being so angry, he isn't dead. Like that's, the, I don't know. I found that really interesting. Uh, and I also thought that on a separate note that I actually really liked how Pan was given little moments uh, in the series as well, because GT is really supposed to be like, like she's supposed to like co-own the series in a way. Yeah. And, and she just doesn't, she, well, she has really nothing to do here, but they still give her things to do. So I just appreciate that. Uh, and like they don't, they don't like cast her off. I don't know. I thought she was treated with a lot of respect in this part of the series, and I like that a lot. I think my favorite little moment with her was when uh, Satan was hiding under the desk or table or something. She's just like, oh, Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, another thing I liked on thirty eight, uh, there's this, there's this uppercut. Uh, it, 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 so baby gets hit with an uppercut. Looks like he's in pain, and then. He uses his chin to punch Trunks to the ground. Oh, yeah, it was the Trunks one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really cool. I really, really like that. Uh, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more of that to just make the fight more cleverly mm. choreographed rather than just key blasts. I totally agree. And But the thing is that right after this moment happens, uh, Baby's talking to Trunks and his mouth doesn't move a single frame. <laughs> oh, I was thinking about that and... I think that's consistent from the beginning, yeah. Because Baby's talking from inside Vegeta's body, we don't actually have to have the great ape mouth move, but yeah, it's very disconcerting. <laughs> Speaking of Vegeta, Vegeta seems pretty unfazed about being possessed. Do you think it's because he's been through this rodeo before? <laughs> My first rodeo. Oh, that could yeah. be. Yeah, for sure. A little bit of that. And, um, I, I just love where they're like, well, we could blast him, but it would mean obliterating Vegeta. And Trunk is like... Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but also another point about Vegeta is I liked how take charge he was in, in the last episode that we yes, watched. Yes, Just coming up with the plan for like, you know, migrating people from point A to point B. Certainly an interesting point about the, again, breaking ground rules here, the growth of Vegeta to this point in GT versus the perhaps non-growth of Vegeta in other places. Except for the Moro arc. Read the Moro arc. Wait, the who? The who? Uh, oh, um... 
I don't know who that is. That hasn't happened yet. My bad. Didn't hear anything. <laughs> um, I want to add to that that part about the last episode, Mary, because I thought that his whole speech of like explaining what they were going to do uh, to get everyone from Earth on a planet Sufuru, I thought that was like the best written part of this entire five episode run because like the one liners were fantastic. Vegeta's delivery is fantastic. I was I don't know why I was so like. Uh, attached to this moment but it's like he finally got to speak after so many episodes of not being heard from yeah and it was just so good to hear him back like i was so happy uh with just that single moment um meanwhile in the back of my head i'm thinking how's your ass buddy (laughs) (laughs) i also just really liked hearing kind of like prime era horikawa as opposed to he's he's more hoarse these days, which is, you know, just age and smoking. That'll do that to you. But uh, yeah, he sounded great here. Yeah, fantastic. I want to take us, we've been going for a while here and, you know, the the future has a lot in store for us. I want to talk about the future. We have options, I guess I could say. So here's where we go from here in Dragon Ball GT. The baby arc ends. We have episode 41 is a standalone episode. Immediately after that airing, in chronological historical order is the Dragon Ball GT TV special. Right. I don't think it's worth reviewing a single episode, pausing, coming back, reviewing the TV special, pausing, coming back, and then going into the next arc. Would y'all be okay doubling that up, doing the the one-off episode and the TV special together? Yeah, I see no reason not to. Yeah, why not? We can kind of just bundle it as like, hey, these are the the awkward one-offs. Yeah, of the this. one-offs before we go onward. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, let's experience it the way that they did in Japan. Yeah, I, and I think that's worth doing. And they actually did air um, pretty close to each other. We're doing a lot of weeks off here in the, the original broadcast. So After episode 40, there was a break? So episode 40, it was on March 5th. And then the next week we get episode 41. Then there's a week off. And then the GT special airs on March 26th. Then there's another break. And episode 42 comes back on April 16th. Was that Golden Week? I don't remember when Golden Week happens in Japan. Golden Week... 1997. Well, Sometimes they preempt uh, March or April. March, April. A greenery day was uh, April 29th. So I don't think that that was quite it. So, um, I mean, there's probably stuff like sports and other things going on. So I, I, if I can, I'll, I'll figure that out for next time we, we chat on these. But I guess let, let's say that. Let's curious what other folks might do for their next episode well we're gonna do episodes 41 and the gt tv special wow here we are here we are what a journey what a grand tour this has been android 18 still a badass <laughs> forgot about these great character designs for these older characters she looks she aging very well yes. which uh, very you know, well as a as an enhanced human <laughs> i would i would hope so uh, I love the fluffy gray hair. Oh, I, I actually have I have a little figure of him right here. Oh, look at him with his mustache and his spiked up gray hair. He looks great. Uh, oh, and I also God, I I get everyone. I got a little baby Vegeta, and I got a little Super Saiyan Four Goku. Wow, you have a lot more little GT figurines than I thought. Who's the one that's fallen down back there? Who's fallen down? Oh, I think that's Gohonks. Gohonks. <laughs> Does Gohonks exist in 2018? So that consenshi.com. <laughs> go honks. There's such a thing as go honks. <laughs> it's a long story. Oh my god. 
Oh, one last point before we get out of here was Goten and Trunks are like, yeah, let's fuse. And we're all like, fuck yeah, yeah old Gotenks, let's see it, give it to us. And Goku goes, nah, dog, don't even bother. Excuse me? We were teased. Excuse me, <laughs> sir. Yeah. I I have waited almost 40 episodes to see an older Gotenks. And in the same breath it is uttered, you whisk it away from me. <laughs> Shit's on it. To lands unknown. And I get nothing. So I will say we do finally get an older Gotenks by way of our Lord and Savior Toyotaro <laughs> in Dragon Ball Heroes Victory Mission, uh, but also in, in the Dragon Ball Heroes arcade game itself. Um, there was a, a big push for this. It actually got its own send-away book. Um, it was uh, from Mail Orders with a, a special chapter of uh, this adult version of Gotenks. Ooh, coming to Dragon now Ball we're talking. Heroes. Yeah, I'll, I'll dig it out. That's a special Dodinchi. Yeah, so that was uh, 2013. So that many years later, from 1997 to 2013, from first utterance of possibility to realization, it took us that long. Wow. Give the people what they want, damn it. <laughs> Gotenks colon adult. <laughs> that's what we wanted. Um, that's going to bring us to a close. That was GT episodes 36 through 40. Next time on the GT review, we will do episodes 41 standalone Tenkaichi Budokai episode and the GT TV special together as a special one-off batch. Uh, wait a minute. Wait, hold what? on a second. Wait, 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 wait. Let's just say it now just so I don't have to hear it. The predictions I made do not apply to these next two episodes. That's fair. Great. Just put it out there. Absolutely. We're fair. pausing on the predictions. <laughs> Nothing. I can. I can't predict a single thing of what's going to happen for these next two things we're going to watch. After that, then okay, fine. I'll embarrass myself with my predictions. After that, Mary has gotten up away from the microphone to pick up Gohonks. <laughs> okay. I mean, I get that it's 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 the fusion of Gohan and Trunks. I get it, but Gohonks. <laughs> I had to see him for myself. Yeah, he's all right. I mean, he looks more Trunks than Gohan, I guess. Is this a bootleg? No. Oh, it's legit? He's teeny tiny. Yeah, it's just... He's about two inches tall. Yeah, he has a sword. Buns. Where'd you get this little guy? One, one, one of my big boxes. Oh, okay. It hasn't happened yet. Um, Mary, thank you for joining us here on the GT Review of Awesomeness. Happy to be a part of uh, finally putting this arc to rest after yeah. a month. After a long, long month. Uh, Jeff, thank you. Uh, of course, I'm looking you in the eyes in the same room. Thank you for joining us here uh, in August 2018 to, uh, in, in timely fashion, finish up the baby arc of Dragon Ball GT. Go honks. I'm just going to be stinger. That's going to be what I'm saying for the next five years. (laughs) Go honks. (laughs) Oh, he doesn't have a little stand. No, he does. He fell off the stand. Here, I'll put him back on it. Yeah. It was was bothering me. Show him some respect. Look, put some respect on his name. (laughs) Go honks. Sir, go honks. (laughs) Sir, go honks. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, go honks. Go honks. He's going to rest his hand on. I'll take a photo so we can. Wow, this is really dusty over here. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Mary. Thank you, Jeff. We will see you next time on the GT Review for episodes 41 and the GT TV special. That's hard to say altogether. Uh, Thank you, folks. Bye. Bye bye. If you're listening to this episode in, I guess, what you would call a contemporary timely fashion, you may be saying, hey, Mike, uh, you're talking about Dragon Ball GT. Daima has been announced. You haven't addressed it at all. 
You would be correct. Uh, and if you're a longtime listener, you <laughs> should know this is kind of how we roll here at Consentu. We do what we want when we want. Nobody can tell us otherwise. That said, we definitely will talk about that. Uh, I have a bunch of upcoming episodes planned. want to make sure I get the right people at the right time to talk about things. Uh, there's a lot going on on the site in terms of podcasts, like I said, podcast planning and then content in general. So yes, please, of course, stay tuned to your podcast feed, podcast app, website of choice as we uh, coast here through the rest of 2023 and onward into 2024. There are some things we know, Daima. There are some things we don't know. Uh, Dragon Ball Super Manga post superhero. Uh, there's a lot to look forward to as we close out this year, indeed, uh, and, and head on into the future. Let's chat a little bit about what's going on on the website proper right now. Uh, all the usual stuff, keeping up with the Psycho Jump back covers, the Toyotaro Druid, all that stuff you, you come to expect on kind of like a regular basis. I have been digging in a little bit into the data book guide, believe it or not. And for an angle that I kind of didn't expect to do, but started having a lot of fun working on it, I was actually in response to a forum post. Let's see, it was a cup of coffee, I assume you pronounce your name, uh, on the forum was asking about... Uh, just the difference between this is Dragon Ball, a visual history, and then the original complete illustrations, which was their their translation of Daizen Shu One. Um, just like, hey, you know, I, there's nothing about the English editions on the the main website. Just curious about things. So I answered the question. And it really got me thinking. Like, oh yeah, you know, obviously we cover all the the Japanese guidebooks. It'd be super easy to just at least put a couple little entries, not necessarily full pages, just saying, yeah, Viz released these two volumes in 2008, and and then somewhat recently there. Um, uh, for the Chogashu. And then I got thinking, well, you know, France did Daisenshu 1 and 7. That's definitely worth acknowledging there on the page. Uh, the, the fact that France got Daisenshu 7 has always been notable in kind of like the larger international fandom in terms of information and translations. And then I just fell down a rabbit hole of seeing all the books that have come out over the years in all these different territories. Uh, I actually have arriving this week the German translation of Daisenshu 1, which I didn't realize existed, but no, that would make sense. Um, so I wanted to put a, a citation up for that. And then I realized, oh God, France, you get everything. You got all the Chozenshu, you got like Landmark and Forever. So I'm just kind of like plugging away nonchalantly at the bottom of the data book uh, guide main page, just these international releases, just a little thing for me to, you know, again, just plug away at over time, just, just putting in release dates and, and cover scans for, for all these things. So that's just a, a little kind of like behind the scenes thing going on. I, of course, continue to work on some new rumor guide entries. Some of them just end up being so long and I look at them and I look at them and I just got to go away for a while and come back to them. We'll see what I can get up on the site by the end of the year here. Uh, other kind of notable thing is as I'm recording just today, got in the, uh, is it a re-release? Uh, I think maybe of the uh, Bardock SH figure arts. Uh, so those of you who may follow along with me on social media realize that what began as like two figures turned into a problem. I don't have a problem. I can stop any time I want with, with the Bardocks. Uh, so with that said, I think let's bring this episode to a close. I don't know if you can hear, I'm a little stuffy right now. Certainly that has no relevance or relation, any timing from previous segments of this podcast years removed how could that possibly still be dealing with the exact same <clears throat> sickness from 
five years ago. www.kanzenshuu.com. That is kanzenshu.com. This has been episode, what did I say this is? Is this 507? There's a website that would tell me what episode I'm up to right now. Let's see. This was 507. So I'll see you next time for 508 Topic TBD. We should talk Dima, though. No promises, but I, I think that's what we're going to do next time on the show. Uh, I'll see you then. So for Jeff, for Mary, thank you. My name is Mike. I will see you next time. Bye-bye, folks. Bye-bye.